Today, we're continuing the series of Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, Ashelachim, which is Acts chapter 21. And I know this is part seven of this series. That's the beauty of God's word. There is so much in God's word. And when you teach line upon line, precept upon precept, verse by verse, it takes you much longer to get through a specific portion of scripture because scripture is interwoven with scripture. If you want to know the mind of God, you have to be familiar with the Tanakh, the Old Testament. And also, you have to be familiar with the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament. God has built his word line upon line. And for us to discern the mind of God, we need to what? But read and meditate on God's word. And the Lord has passed that down to us. When you think about this scripture that we're now reading, was close to 2,000 years ago. These were actual people that lived. They're no longer with us. They're now resting in their graves, their bones, but their soul and their spirit immediately went to be with the Father. One day we will meet them and we'll have fellowship with them. And they will give us even greater insights of what was going on in their lives and how the kingdom of God was being established in the minds and hearts of individuals. As I say this to you, not one building, not one Torah scroll will go up to heaven, but you and I will. God has come to redeem mankind, those who he've created in his image and likeness. In 2 Peter, it says that, one day the Lord shall what? He will destroy this earth with fire. And he will make what? A new heavens and a new earth. So in all of God's creation, you are the most precious. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's begin his word. Father, we just thank you for this time that we can enter into your word. May the spirit of the living God lead us into all truth. We thank you for the word and your leading that you've given us this past year in 2020. We thank you for this provision of Zoom. We thank you for the provision of Prairie Hill and the kindness that our brothers and sisters in Messiah have allowed for us to come and meet in person from time to time. Almighty God, we thank you for our phones. We thank you for all this technology. And we're so blessed of all people to have your word written in various translations that lead us to your truth. It's our heart's desire to have the mind of Abba, Father God, to hear the Ruach HaKodesh as never before, to hear our eternal great shepherd, Yeshua's voice, as he speaks to his flock today, his holy remnant that he has caused and brought together from every tribe, every, every tongue, and every people to establish his kingdom in life in their hearts. He has joined both Jew and Gentile to be one in Messiah. We recognize, Father God, you're orchestrating everything that is happening in our lives. And it is that so that we would turn to you. 
the desire to walk in your provision and not to walk in our own ways. Our thoughts are below your thoughts, Almighty God. So we inquire of you to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding so that we can see how Abba, Father God, who has spoken through all the prophets and the apostles, and he has ordained for us to live at such a time as this, and that we would have wisdom and knowledge and discernment to know the times and how to proclaim your good news, the hope that is in us to a dying world, almighty God. May we seize this day to go forward and to be living epistles, written letters that all men and women of this earth can read so that they can go and find the path that leads to Yeshua, the way to life to God the Father, to be reconciled unto God the Father, which is the Father's heart cry for every man, woman, or child who has ever been born on this earth, for them to be reconciled unto him in holiness, in purity. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let us begin in Acts chapter 21 and verse 1. And after we had torn ourselves away from the Ephesian elders, we set sail and made straight run to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes and from there to Patara. And on finding a ship that was crossing over to Phoenicia, we embarked and we set sail. After sighting Cyprus, we passed on the left and sailed on to Syria and landed there at Zeor. Some translation, it says Tyre, because it was where the ship was unloading its cargo. Having searched out the Talmudim there, the disciples, we remained there for a week and guided by the spirit, the Ruach, HaKodesh. They, the Talmudim, the disciples, told Shaul not to go up to Jerusalem. But when the week was over, we left to continue our journey. All of them, with their wives and their children, accompanied us until we were outside the town kneeling on a bench and praying. We said goodbye to each other. Then we boarded a ship and then we returned home. When the voyage from Zeor Tyre was over, we arrived at Ptolemus. And there we were greeted the brothers and stayed with them overnight. But the following day, we left and we came to Caesarea. When we went to a home of Philip, the proclaimer of the good news, one of the seven, and we stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters with the gift of prophecy. While we were staying there, a prophet named Agav came down from Yehuda, from Judah, to visit us. He took Shaul's belt and he tied his own hands and feet and said, here is what the Ruach HaKodesh says. The man who owns this belt, the Judeans in Jerusalem, will tie him up just like this and hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, both we and the people begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. But Shaul said, what are you doing? Crying and trying to weaken my resolve? I'm prepared not only to be tied up, but even 
to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Yeshua. What are we willing to do today? Are we willing to face offense, to be misunderstood, to be taken advantage of, to be rebuffed or ridiculed, so that the name of Yeshua will be lifted up before all people, that he may draw them unto himself. This was Rav Shaul's resolve. From the time he had those scales fall off his eyes, there in Damascus, his resolve, his passion, his life was Messiah. Is that not our heart's cry? To live for him? Is that not why he allows us to live upon this earth, even in the midst of this pandemic? To allow the glory and revelation of a transformed person being transformed in the image and likeness of Messiah, who is willing to go to the Mount of Olives and where his own humanity was crying out, is there but another way, Father? But coming to resolve. And when I think of the Christian brothers and sisters who are now suffering in Afghanistan and facing literal death and imprisonment and even being sold into slavery by the Taliban, what is their resolve but to live? I will never forget the image of a few years ago of those Coptic Christian men in prison guard, garb being let out by that body of water and then them not denying Messiah, but falling on their knees and they were all beheaded. What did Rav Shaul say? To live is what? Messiah. And to die? Gain. This what was beating in Rosh Shaul's heart. This was the legacy because he knew that very, very soon they too would be facing persecution. He was setting forth the example to fear God and honor him with your life. Let's go forward here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 14, and when he would not be convinced, he said, we said, may the Lord's will be done. And we were quiet. You know, there are times when we as brothers and sisters of Messiah, we can argue and argue and debate. But we come to the place there where we have to step back and say, Lord, just speak to my brother and sister. And the decision that she or he is about to make May, may they hear your voice clearly. May they be persuaded to do what the spirit of the living God is asking them to do. And not refrain from doing any less. My brothers and sisters, we're living in such a time as disease. As we see our freedoms in America start to disappear. We see that the justice system for some is beneficial, but for others is not. 
The Lord's going to allow us believers in America to be tested as never before. But you know what? The Lord allows the tests, and he allows the tests to the point where we can bear the test because he gives us provision. And I know this. If the Lord takes my life at any time, I've completed the task. I've ran the race. And I've been found faithful. See, we as believers, we're not to fear death. For we are eternal beings in Messiah. For the same one who raised Messiah from the dead will raise us too. Do you have passion in your life for anything else? Or is the Lord your first love? He's calling out his holy remnant today to return to its first love, to establish that in your heart and mind and soul. Then you will stand. Then you'll put on the full armor of God. Then you'll enter into the spiritual battles that we're to fight, fully armed, anointed, and equipped. For such a time as this. These are exciting times, my brothers and sisters. For us to be living. When we think, we, these, these people that we're reading about today, don't they inspire you? Don't they give you hope? Don't you want to emulate what they've done? Didn't Yeshua said, if you're to follow me, you have to forsake this whole world. Even to the point where your spouse or your children will no longer continue walking with the Lord. We're to continue, for he's our first love. Let's continue here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 15. So at the end of our stay, we packed up and we went on to Jerusalem. And with us went some of the Talmudim, the disciples from Caesarea. They brought us to the home of the man with whom we were to stay, Mason from Cyprus, who had been a Talmud, a disciple since the early days. And in Jerusalem, the brothers received us warmly. They were looking forward to that. Do you believe that the spirit of the living God said, hey, Rav Shaul is coming back. Receive him. And you will be strengthened to see how the power of God has been manifested to the nations, to the Jew first, and to the nations. God was building his kingdom through power, through miracles, through signs and wonders of transformed lives. That's what it's all about. We're to be transformed. We're to have our minds renewed by the washing of the word of God. Stop listening to all the voices out there. Spend time before the Father in the presence of the Son, being filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. Open his word. Meditate on it. Because I tell you this, we may be seeing days where your Bibles are going to be taken away from you. Just as our brothers and sisters who are suffering around this world, 
or having their Bibles taken away from them. They're being put into prison. Right now, more Christian believers are dying around the world than any other recorded history. We're on the threshold, I really believe, of the Great Tribulation. The time of playing games is over. It's time for teshuva. Think of the season we're about to enter into. The days of awe. Are your hearts right? Are your minds right? Are the things that you're investing in your time, in your life, are they all right? Are they pleasing to the Father? Let's continue here. Verse 17, verse 18. The next day Shaul and the rest of us went to see Yaakov, and all the elders were present. After greeting him, Shaul described in detail each of the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his efforts. No, he wasn't boasting, hey guys, look at me. No, he's saying this is what the Spirit of the living God will do if you'll simply submit and allow the Spirit of the living God to manifest himself through you. See, it was all about building up the kingdom, building up others, making Talmudim, raising up leadership, because he did not know the day or the hour when the Lord would be calling him home. That expectancy, do we have that in our lives? Are we looking now for the Lord to return? Do we have one eye towards the clouds and one eye towards the earth? Are we busy about the Father's business? Or are we simply arguing with one another? And trying to win debates. Are we building the kingdom? Let's go forward. At night, verse 19, excuse me, verse 20. On hearing it, they praised God. There was no jealousy. There was not one upmanship over, over one another. They were rejoicing because now these Israelis who were filled with the spirit of living God, were fulfilling God's calling upon them to be a light to the nations. Fulfillment of scripture. And that has always been the desire of God. So that Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah, would be proclaiming and living out the good news in their daily lives. On hearing it, they praise God but they also said to him, you see, brother, how many tens of thousands of believers are now among the Judeans, and they are all now zealous for Torah. What does that mean? Dr. David Stern gives us here some insights. God himself is described as jealous in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, and elsewhere on the Torah, as a translation of the Greek nomos, nowhere in, in this narrative, narrative are these zealots for the Torah condemned for their devotion toward their adherence to Torah. Because the Brit Hadashah had not been written yet. And God's Torah. The Old Testament, the Tanakh, is just as holy as the Brit Hadashah. How many people believe that the New Testament 
which is a further revelation of what is already prophesied in the Tanakh, is greater than the Tanakh. It is not. It is equal God's word. We cannot understand the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, without the foundation stones of God's word in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. And when Yeshua spoke, he spoke of the Tanakh. When he was proclaiming the good news, the gospel, the good news of Yeshua's death and resurrection does not make any sense without the Tanakh, the Old Testament. For Yeshua, when he came, he fulfilled certain prophecies that were spoken by the holy prophets of old in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. And when he comes back, the, 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 the prophecies that are fulfilled in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, are fulfilling what was already spoken. But in the Brit Hadashah, it gives further detail. Can we understand Revelation with that Daniel, uh, Ezekiel, and Joel? Absolutely not. If you're not well-versed in studying those uh, Tanakh epistles, those letters, those verses, those scriptures, you don't have the full mind of God. And what does the Spirit of living God desire for you to do? To have the whole counsel, the whole word of God. That's why there are many within the Christian church right now that are coming unglued, and they're now receiving doctrines of devils. Why? Because they do not understand. They do not interpret the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, within the guidelines of the Tanakh, the Old Testament. The prophets of old, their words are true. The apostles of the, the, the Brit Hadashah, their words are true. And to understand the orchestration, what God is doing today in the midst of this pandemic, and as America becomes less and less of a superpower, many Christians want to make America great again. But if God is orchestrating the demise of America, because the leadership of America, both at the federal level and the state level, and the villages and towns decide to turn their backs on God's word, he will bring demise to this nation. That's all part of God's orchestration. Have you ever thought for one second, as being a person born in America, why America is never mentioned in either the Tanakh or the Brit Hadashah? I believe God brought America into being for a certain time. But as Brother Tim shared adequately today, that Israel will be placed to a point where they cannot depend on America or any nation of the world. And that's where God wants to get the nation of Israel and the Jewish people from around the world to the place where they see that there is no one that they can call upon but the Lord God himself. 
and what is now poised, poised now in the nation of Syria. There is report that half the Russian army is there. Half the Turkish army is there. Half the Iranian army is there. Think what's happened in Afghanistan. Terrible tragedy. Here's another potential country that can also, along with China, Russia, are coming together just as we had an unholy access of what Japan, Italy, and Germany in the Second World War. There are evil accesses right now that wants to destroy America. Right now, congregations have opened up after being shut down. The pastors have now been indoctrinated by, by demonic doctrines. And they're, 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 they're preaching critical race theory. They're not preaching the word of God anymore. This is what is happening. Those bastions of high education on biblical truth are becoming progressive, which is socialism. That's part of America's demise. This is all going to come to place. So what are we as believers to do? Proclaim the good news to everyone. To save people. Saving people's souls. We all have a right of choice. God has given us all a free will. It looks right now that America's free will, because they're, the remnant of God in America is shrinking. How many congregations now are now preaching the social gospel that has nothing to do with Yeshua? whatsoever. This is a reality that we live with, my brothers and sisters. So what are we going to do? Are we going to continue to listen to the voice of our Father who dwells in heaven, who sits on the throne and nothing can be done? It's been said of Satan himself, he's God's devil. The book of Job. Satan had to inquire of God to do things to Job. And God allowed Hasatan, think about it, to cause destruction to come upon Job, to even touch his body. He said, you may touch his body, but you do not take his life. Who's in power? Who's in authority? But Abba, Father God on the throne. And this is not to fear, fill us with a spirit of fear. But know this, that our Father that knows our breaking point, both mentally and physically, is allowing us to be buffeted about, allowing temptation in our lives so that we'll be perfected in the likeness and character of Messiah. And I say this to you clearly. Rav Shaul in this portion of Scripture is living that out. It's now time to end this message today. Blessed be the name of the Lord.